What it is, speaking of language listeners, as I'm sure you can imagine, our usual schedule here at the Language Resource Center has been disrupted by the global COVID-19 pandemic. But fear not, we still plan to deliver weekly podcasts to you, both to maintain a sense of normalcy in an unusual time and to keep you up to date on teaching and learning strategies for language in a virtual space, as we all do our best to flatten the curve through quarantine and social distance. For this week, though, please enjoy a rerun of one of our early episodes with one of the masters of language teaching in a synchronous virtual space, Adeolu Ademoyo. We struggled through the class. We tell the story of uh, targeting some of the grammar issues we want to discuss. Uh, We create a story around this, you know, and then the students do all this in Yoruba. And then I said, I'm the only one that can speak in English once in a while in this class. (laughs) And they know that. Uh And then we have fun. You're listening to Speaking of Language, a podcast recorded at the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. I'm Dan Gable, Technology Manager for the LRC. Each week, we explore a topic related to language pedagogy and second language acquisition. Last week... Dick Feldman and Chris Kaiser talked about the benefits of a distance learning program that can unite learners of a less commonly taught language across locations. Today, Dick Feldman speaks with Areolu Ademoyo, who is approaching 15 years of teaching Yoruba at Cornell University, as well as to students at Columbia and Brown via video conference. An experienced and adventurous instructor in the distance learning environment, Ariolo discusses his creative methods for unifying his multi-site classes, as well as his philosophy on using storytelling and narrative to teach language. This week on Speaking of Language. You're sometimes considered sort of the dean of this uh, uh, kind of class. No. Uh, whenever I come by your door, mm-hmm. uh, you always uh, gesture to me to come in and sit down and watch and participate for a while, even though my... Yoruba is very close to zero. You have a kind of whole class story going on all the time. Typically in the class, you have what will be the uh, the lesson plan for the day, the, mm-hmm. the goal, um, what we as a community, you know, does the classroom now want to achieve for the day, mm-hmm. for the 50 minutes. We have it. Uh, but for grammar, but for uh, for grammar, for proficiency, either oral, written, reading, all the different proficiencies, we have that set. But the summary of what we do, it can be said to be a story. Uh-huh. I see. So it's a story that, now has the goal of enhancing uh, the various proficiencies uh, that we have set. Uh huh. So, what's an example of a story? Okay, it depends on the text we're using. Sure, where you are in the class. Suppose we're using a clip. Uh huh. Okay. For example, this semester now is. and the, the class is based on a video, which we have segmented into one minute, two minutes clips. Is this a, a professional commercial video? 
It's um, a film. Uh, the length is about two hours. And then I, before the semester started at all, um, I have processed the film and then uh, cut Aspress into short, short clips. I see. And that what will take to be the text. Uh-huh. Before class, the students are supposed to have watched one minute, two minutes, three minutes of this. Uh, they watch that out of class. Out of class. Uh-huh. They make sense out of it. Mm-hmm. We may have questions, or I may ask them to do a summary of each clip and post on the Google Docs. I see. Create Google. Each student has their own Google Doc, which mm. they share with me. Uh-huh. So suppose we have, you know, five students. So each creates their own Google Doc. Um, you watch clip A, clip B, clip C before class. Struggle with it. Mm-hmm. Give me a summary and share with me. This way, we are wetting the ground. Uh-huh. I know there will be problems. There will be issues of understanding. And we don't mind. Just give me a story. Tell me what the clip is talking about. As best as you can. Mm-hmm. Make your mistake. That is the pre-class exercise. In the class now, we talk about each clip. What is in it? From different angles, uh-huh. the events, uh, the activities going on, what they see. Let's limit this to just one clip now. So you take this clip in class now. We are not screening. So you talk about this particular clip. Yeah, when I've come into class, I, I don't typically see you playing a movie. Yeah. So you don't so much play it in class. Yeah. That's their out-of-class work. That's out-of-class work. Uh-huh. And then they talk about this. And after that, as they talk about this, there will be grammar issues will come up. Mm-hmm. Because we insist on this whole thing about you understand your grammar within the context of your narration, of your experience, of mm-hmm. what you're trying to say. So as they're talking about it, we allow everybody to talk. You know, I note all the challenges they may have with their understanding, one, with their vocabulary, two, with their grammar, three, mm. with their pronunciation, four, mm. all of that. Yeah. And we're having fun. Mm-hmm. I note all this, but mentally, as a going on. So, shortly after they must have discussed this particular clip, Mm. I remember these clips are shared across all the three sites, Brown, Columbia, and Cornell. Mm -hmm. So the students can actually uh, get access to these clips wherever the classroom is located because it's one classroom, and we insist on that, it's one classroom being shared by three schools. Yeah, that's often um, when we talk about this v- teaching on video conference, 
one of the issues that always comes up is, well, you've got your students, your local students. Mm -hmm. They're there in the flesh sitting around you. And then you've got these students up on the screen who aren't with you in flesh. They're with you only via the camera and the screen. Mm -hmm. And one of the challenges is always to to make help them feel that they're really a part of the class and not just sitting and watching it. I want to cut in there. For me, as a teacher in this space, mm -hmm. that is a central goal. And how do I achieve that from day one? I said, this is not an online classroom. It's not online. Online would be where like, students do exercises. Go online. The teachers are not there. The students don't see one another. The teachers don't interact with the students, you know, uh, simultaneously. Mm -hmm. You know, as the action is going on, as the teaching is going on. The lectures are already loaded. Yeah, they're right. They see a canned lecture. They do exercises. And they, um, you know, and they do that at their own time. The teacher may set the time limit when they can do it and all that. So that is an online environment. Mm. This is not online. Why? First, the class happens at the same time for all the classrooms, mm -hmm. all the sites. And our vocabulary is important. One class many sites mm -hmm. it's, we're not talking about many classes cl classrooms it's one classroom being shared by three sites or three let's put it that way we let the students know that from day one two you arrive if the class starts 9.05 a.m. you arrive exactly five minutes past nine or before mm. You cannot choose when to arrive. Yeah. Whether you are near side or you are far side. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm there anyway, 10 minutes before, uh, 30 minutes before, I'm sitting down in the classroom. As they come, I greet them. And as Columbia comes in, Columbia students come in, I greet them. Uh -huh. As Brown students come in, I greet them. As Columbia students come in, I mean, Connect students come in, I greet them. That's the first thing. We make sure that happens. I will make sure that the class dynamics the same. Also, we make sure that we pair the students across sites. Mm. What, what sort of pair activities do you do? For example, by 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. today, we just finished the class, uh, 12 or 5 p.m. One Cornell student and one Brown student will be meeting me via Zoom. Mm. So we have what we call office hours. Uh -huh. And the office hours necessarily, you cannot have office hours shared by two local students. Oh. You always do those across sites. Across sites. So I you see. have one Brown student, one Cornell student. One Columbia student, one Brown student. Mm-hmm. And they know themselves by name. Uh huh. Not, oh, you, oh, he said it. No, 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 no. It's a language class. Uh huh. You have to know one another by name. Put the name on the face. Mm hmm. So they meet me. That's one way we make sure to center the fact that we have one classroom 
on multiple sites. What sort of task do they have for this office hour? Yeah. The office hour, okay, we have the traditional office hours. Oh, students have challenges, they mm. bring them. Yeah, their questions and problems. They have questions, they bring them. This is a language class. What we have done is to creatively reconstruct the office hour. So the office hour will respond to the traditional, you know, will behave or be like the traditional office hours. Mm -hmm. Students bring their challenges. We'll talk about that. But it's a space also for you to practice. Don't bring your textbooks. Mm. We don't need them. Because, let me jump forward and back. Why do we have language abroad? It's about language immersion, right? You mm. want them to just hear the language all through? Yeah. You may not have opportunity for that in the classroom. But one hour of office hour, and we hold that every week. That's the difference again between the traditional office hour. Mm. We hold that office hour every week. The two students, one Cornell, one Brown, or one Brown, one Columbia, they have their office hours with me already set. So the office hours will respond to the traditional question, you know, um, we behave like a traditional office hour. Uh, you have problems, you bring them. Then if you don't have any major issues, we just start conversation amongst the three of us, myself and the two students. Mm. And the conversation can be on anything, but the only language that you can speak is Yoruba. Uh-huh, yeah. No textbook, nothing, for so, one full hour. So as you say, it's like an immersion experience. It's an immersion that, experience. Time. And then within that, when we're talking, we're having conversation, there will be grammar issues will come up. We can, mm -hmm. we can pause and take on the grammar issues, and then we continue our conversation. Mm -hmm. The students have come to say, perhaps the office hours help them better mm. than the classroom. Why? Because one, they are just two. Two students. Yeah. And so myself. They, so they all get really a chance to speak, to and, speak and to be addressed. If you don't use your one hour, I may sit down there and say nothing. Uh -huh. So I kind of induce them to begin to use the language. Uh -huh. So after five minutes, then they ah, Caro, Caro, Shida Dani, Dadani, Kilo Shilano, Kilo Shini, Parios, Tukoja. And then the conversation starts. Uh, let's, let's get beyond just simple greetings, in yes. other words. Now it starts, and then they proceed, and they start talking, and then they don't want to leave. Mm, yeah. So these are students who, <laughs> uh, the, the, the beginning of the hour, couldn't say anything. They didn't want to talk to one another. At the end of one hour, they don't want to leave. Uh-huh. Because they say it's a space for them to practice. We call it office hour because that is an official name for it. It responds to the traditional challenges of students. You bring mm. your questions and all that. And we know we use it beyond that. We use it basically also as immersion for the students. So, so you schedule those and every student has several... Yes. As the semester goes along. Exactly. And then we use those because the space has its own uniqueness. They share 
language, the shared cause mm. initiative. What do I mean? Differences in the calendar of yeah. the three schools. Right. There's okay. always that. So challenge with this so, kind of class. Um the the office hour that meets every week allows us to compensate beforehand for any classes that might have been missed. Uh-huh. Or, or that may be missed. So 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 you catch up any student who's immediately missed. so that we have it's uh it's a it's a we have our hours always complete at the end of the semester. Mm. So if Columbia is on break or Cornell is on break or Brown is on break, no students is left behind, no hour is lost because actually we use the office hours to plan ahead. The way you 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 talked about the film and then discussion of the film and the shared understanding of the action of the film among the students. Mm reminds me of the one of the things we say in language teaching that you know of course too which is that we try to teach form in a meaning context mm-hmm. that is precisely the the goal because at the back of my mind and now the students mind mm-hmm. um some of them are beginning to catch up with that kind of uh, let's call it methodology or method or way of teaching or pedagogy and all that. They're catching up with it. Mm. I ask, how did you learn your first language? Right. You never sat in a classroom. You sat with mom and dad. You sat in the kitchen. Right, right. You sat in the you know, in the living room, in the bedroom, bathroom, hallway. Those are ordinary places. Yeah. Those are common places. So we may not be able to recreate that kind of natural environment here, but we'll try. We'll try to engineer it. So we look at meaning within context. So as the students are talking, are having conversation, are discussing the clip, they are relaxed. They, will, they, they do not hesitate to make their mistakes. They just talk. Mm. We call it a trigger. The meaning, uh, shared meaning of the film is the trigger to the conversation. Exactly. That's a trigger. They just talk. Mm. They are relaxed. They are laughing. They are, you know, we watch one another. But I'm making notes Uh of clarifications I would need to make. But I don't want to stop the conversation. Yeah. But that is what we need. That Uh is what I call it a story. Okay, let me give a good example that happened just 30 minutes ago. Talking about our film now, uh, uh-huh. our story in the film, uh, issues came up about the some prepositions in Yoruba language. I noted that as something that I need to, to respond to. They already know the principles of putting the prepositions together. Mm. So they were talking about making notes and making notes on, in, at, abe, tabili, under the table, ori, tabili. I say. Egbe, tabili. So I noted all that. Okay. Like 30, 40 minutes ago, you know, we're talking. But it's fun because you don't want to interrupt what the students enjoy. Because in a language class, what the students are craving for is the space to talk. Yeah. They'll be intimidated at the beginning. But in my class, they're not. Because they actually they want to talk. 
They, they have a shared meaning. They have things to say. It's, yeah, it's at the center of their life, the, the text. So they go on, do that, and then I come in gradually and make those clarifications. If it's absolutely necessary not to do it at the end, we'll try to find a way to do it before the end so that it still has meaning for the students. We make sure that such that part of the story also has meaning for the students such that um, they're able to take it away. Because if we stop them at every point, then the storyline will be ruptured. Yeah. This is a, a consistent theme in language teaching uh, of language teachers who've thought a lot of things through anyway. That, and, and, you know, I've found this also by interviewing language learners. Some people have been affected so much by being corrected and stopped all the time that they're afraid to speak. They find they're afraid to speak. They're frozen. Yeah, exactly. Our target is to defreeze. Uh-huh, defreeze. Yeah. Uh-huh, thaw them out. Yeah, exactly. Thaw, thaw, yeah, yeah. It's funny, we're talking about story. We use the, the, the expression, Hollywood, 40 minutes. Our class is like a film. It's a Hollywood. They uh-huh. all know, yeah, 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 it's true. We're always <laughs> acting in this class. Uh-huh. Acting in the language. Yeah. Acting in the language. Yeah, assuming a role is an yeah. important thing to do in a language class. Yeah. yeah. Acting in language. And they want to ask questions. They And they, what kinds of questions do they ask? Sometimes they actually ask questions where they have grammar challenges mm. within the story. For example, we'll say, okay, our target is to have this percentage of the target, you know, um, um, speak in, in this percentage of has our roles have to be this in the, in the target language. Mm. Um, struggle to ask your questions. Put them as best as you can. Uh, for example, this morning, a student was trying to say, um, Lati, Lati. In, in 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 Yoruba, it has three. You can use it in three ways. Mm. From this location to this location, it's also the same word you use for in order to. Oh, you know, it's also the same word you you use to say I like to. Oh dear. She found a way, uh huh, without being under any pressure, to ask that question in Yoruba. Uh huh, because. She she had Lati in the film clip twice. Uh-huh. And she then said, Oh, uh, one saw Lati, or two saw Lati, and then Kini Yato. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, yeah, what's what the is the difference? Yeah, uh, what's the difference? Yeah. One saw Lati, they said Lati here, and he also said Lati here. So, what's the difference? I said, Yeah. Then I said, But often, clap for her. They clapped. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, they I, I, all they all understood that. Uh-huh. I've seen the students clapping yeah. in your class for each other. Yeah. And they were they understood that she was asking for the differences in the usage of Lati. Mm-hmm. They got it. Mm-hmm. She communicated. Right, right. That's 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 a, that can be a thrill for a student. Oh, oh yeah. In fact, 
and say, okay, I can actually end the class now because you made our day. Okay, so we'll come back and then explain. So that's the kind of thing we get. And at the end of the day, we struggle through the class. We tell the story of uh, uh, targeting the different proficiencies, uh, targeting some of the grammar issues we want to discuss. Uh, we create a story around this, we, you know, and then the students do all this in Yoruba. Mm. And then I said, and I come like, I'm the only one that can speak in English once in a while in this class. <laughs> yeah. And they know that, uh-huh. you know, so, and they will have fun. And, but also, how do we know? How do we know that uh, we're learning? Hmm. That's an important question in this environment. Yeah, for sure. Because once the students le- must wonder too, because it may not be obvious to them because they aren't doing activities that they're used to learn for, for learning. Because I said, don't miss out. Hmm. One thing, you know, catch yourself for the last 15 minutes. What language did you use to communicate this? Oh, Yoruba. Okay. That's the first indicator. Right. So, we that, they, that they use the language. They use the language for to communicate to meaning. To communicate yeah. meaning. So that's fine, too. In the shared course initiative, we actually have the students are tested. Uh-huh. External testers. And I encourage the students to go for the test. The actful OPI. Yeah, we offer that to to kind of assess the program. And I the 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 reports and this is these are tests conducted independent of of me so the results yeah. of the test show that the students learn high proficiency i was talking about i know uh, proficiency levels now then and i said our target this semester is to be at this level and i mentioned the level mm-hmm. he just said it in class but i was tested last semester by the the program and i placed at the same level <laughs> that you said we are going to uh-huh. <laughs> which means what <clears throat> learning i uh-huh. i push them you know because i know that ultimately they're having fun it's practical you're learning uh, we set the goal higher than the average Mm. So when they are then tested, they don't fall below. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. He actually he placed higher than what he placed in the class. You know, we've seen uh, uh, Ad- my friend Adiolo, the Yoruba instructor here, has really made uh, live and live action in his classroom some of the important uh, ideas of of language teaching that are that really make teaching such an art and uh, uh, make students, as he says, learn a lot without really being aware that they're learning so much by having activities that are like uh, naturalistic learning. And uh, uh, they have fun doing it. They do. <laughs> and thank you for having me and giving us the space to tell our story. The Language Resource Center is located on the ground floor of Stimson Hall on Cornell's main campus in Ithaca, New York. Check us out on the web at lrc.cornell.edu 
or look for Cornell LRC on Facebook and Twitter. Speaking of Language is produced by Sam Lupwitz and Dan Gable. Recorded by Sam Lupwitz. Original music by Sam Lupwitz, Dan Gable, and Joe Gibson.